Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome to another episode of Sky Women. Boy, this is going to be a treat. I'm so glad that you showed up today. Welcome. We have Dr. Kelly Casperson with us, and you may know her from the famous You Are Not Broken podcast. I mean, her podcast is really blowing up. She is a physician, a urologist. She teaches women about sex. With her advanced training in pelvic medicine and surgery, she's encountered waves of women hungry for the help and education as women cry in her office every week. Their confidence is broken. They don't desire intimacy or they desire better intimacy. So Dr. Casperson is on a mission to teach others. And she just, it's so exciting to have her today. Please join us for this captivating conversation and be assured you are not broken. Welcome, Dr. Casperson. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is fantastic. So tell everyone, number one, your journey to urology. Like, how did you choose urology? Were you focused in female urology? Yeah, so urology was was an accident. Like, I can I didn't know any surgeons, and I just didn't think I would be a surgeon because I didn't, nobody looked like me, right? Like, a small female who would owned surgery like she didn't exist in when I went to med school and so I kind of dabbled around in anything everything and I did a two-week urology rotation luckily early on in third year and I loved it and I thought oh I'll just do whatever beats urology so everything else was just answering the question is this better than urology and it turns out nothing was for me and you know now that I'm a decade and a half out of that, I'm like, I was made for urology. It's like, I feel like the, you know, Hogwarts sorting hat of like, it just picked (laughs) me, I I picked it. And I really kind of got into female urology because I'm a female and women want to see women. And so I kind of, that became my niche. And then the sex part of it really picked up two or three years ago when I had a woman crying in my office because of low desire. And I had no idea. I didn't know anything about female sexuality, which is silly because urologists handle all the male sexual dysfunction. I just figured the gynecologists were taking care of the females. And it turns out most of them are not. No offense to them. They're very, very busy doing other things. And a lot of them didn't get training either. So that's my short 15 years and how I got to here. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. And I love that you just followed what you loved. Yep. I just just followed my, (laughs) yeah, just follow your curiosity, right? Like your curiosity will help you discover what your passion is. And once you discover it's your passion, then it's just fun. So it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's a good rule for life. Yeah, absolutely. So stepping outside the box to teach women about their sexuality and even delving into coaching, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I started learning more and more about sexuality, female sexuality, hormones, the pelvis, all that stuff, and got to the point that it's really the brain that drives a lot of our behavior and the brain being the biggest sex organ. And if women don't understand what's holding them back from their brain-wise, I can make your pelvis look fantastic, but it won't help you in achieving your goals. And so really working on people's limiting beliefs about sex, right? Let 
I don't know how to, or it's hard, or, you know, if you're, if you like being sexually active, then you're labeled as a slut or loose or all these negative connotations that our society has wrongfully given women. And we've really got to see that and shake it off in order to have the sex life that we want to have. I love it. I love it. So what do you think the biggest misconceptions women have about sex? That they're broken, that there's something wrong with them. Women love, women love to take on the like, oh, I guess it's all my fault, you know, or I guess it's my, I am the one who has the problem. Like women come about that very easily. And once you start looking at that as just a thought problem, right? Like, why do I, why are we always blaming myself for what's going on in the world? But it's like women having a different desire than what their partner might have. That's not a problem. Yet women label themselves. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like desire mismatches. Yeah, something's wrong and it must be my fault. My desire must be the desire that's the problem, right? And so that's a, that's super common. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've had women of all ages come in, whether it's postpartum, peri, postmenopausal, or you know anywhere in between who have that complaint of decreased desire. And when we delve in, I always say, you know, it's so multifaceted, right? It's not, women need a reason to have sex where men need a place, right? (laughs) It's so multifaceted. And whenever you dive into it, sometimes it's the relationship, right? If you don't like him, or even that, you know, if your partner hasn't been kind today, like the mood's not there, right? If I had one lady who had never had an orgasm, two kids and husband in tow, had never had an orgasm, didn't know what her clitoris was, there's the problem, right? It's not a desire. It's not that something's wrong with your body. Like we just have to kind of piece through these things and it takes some time. So in a normal, I would say quote unquote normal, a busy OBGYN practice, sometimes it is limited in how deep you can go. So I'm so happy that you're doing what you do. I really, I mean, I I joke around, but I'm like, I don't even like talking about this in my clinic, right? Because I mean, I do love talking about it, but I'll I'll run behind so fast if I go down the rabbit hole of talking about desire and mind work and coaching while I'm busy being a urologist, right? Which is one of the big reasons that I started the podcast, right? Because it's like, go listen to me rant for an hour about (laughs) desire because I can't do it in clinic. Right. Yeah, right. Well, it's like putting those those little talks that you have, like rewind, record, (laughs) You're, you're saying them every day in the office. Like you can put them on the podcast and patients can go and yeah. listen and, and get that information. Like you don't have to say it 15 times over. <laughs> totally. And I mean, I get all, I get tons of content from my clinic, right? Cause I, you just hear sure. all the stories over and over and it's like, for what I the classic example, like you were talking about on desire is like, I had a woman who came in to see me for low desire. Turns out she's in marriage counseling with her partner and they're looking at separating and and here she is trying to get desire. And it's like, that just might be your body saying like, this guy's not the guy for me. But again, women have this, we have this, uh, a fascinating ability to take something on as us being the problem instead Mm -hmm. of really taking the opportunity to be like, what's going on in my life, right? Like how, how is my relationship? How is my pleasure? Because another thing is we don't desire things that are painful. We also don't desire things that are boring. We certainly don't desire things that are, you know, bland. So if we're not getting any pleasure out of sex, don't think that low desire is a problem, right? Right. That's right. the point. Yeah. I think the other important ingredient is like desire is not actually necessary to have a happy sex life. 
And a lot of people think it's an ingredient. And if that ingredient is missing, then you can't have sex. But they've done research on this. Women have sex. They did this one research for 237 different reasons in one research study. So desire is just one reason that people have sex. Right. Wanting to have stress release or sleep well or enjoy an orgasm or just be close with your partner or give your partner an orgasm. All reasons to have sex. So I just tell women, like, find out what your why is, like your why. Oh, I like that to like your why. Okay. And another thing that I've heard you say that I absolutely love is like that we're not paying attention to the lubrication. Right. And you said, or maybe it was somebody who was listening in who said, if it's not an eight, don't penetrate. So tell us what that means. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the body gets ready for penetration, right? By bringing in blood flow, which protects the tissues from harm and the vagina actually lengthens and tips back a little bit. And then women have erectile tissue, just like our penises have erectile tissue and that erectile tissue needs to get aroused and have blood flow in order for you to have experience pleasure with it versus just something's touching my pelvis. Right. right. So, same as a penis. We have the same equipment as just organized differently. Right. Right. But it, it makes sense for him. It makes sense for her pelvis. Right. So a lot of women prematurely penetrate. So we say, don't prematurely penetrate. It's not great for arousal. Certainly it causes pain. And if it's like trying to have sex with a non-erect penis, it's like you can do it. But if you wait for the equipment to be warmed up and ready, you can have, it can work a little bit better. Right. Right. So what are your top tips for women to improve intimacy? you have to prioritize your pleasure. We have to prioritize orgasmic equality. And I don't mean like marking it down, like tit for tat, but like if we go <laughs> into three orgasms and it's my I know, you've had three <laughs> this quarter. But really, the heterosexual paradigm prioritizes male orgasms, right? It starts Agreed. when the penis penetrates the vagina and it ends when the male has an orgasm. And if she didn't get hers in that time, then something's wrong with her, right? And that's not, that's the sex education that we didn't get and we think about sex wrong. Right. So I'd say female pleasure is as important as male pleasure. And if it's not being prioritized in the bedroom, a conversation, people think intimacy happens with sex. Intimacy actually happens in talking about sex. Oh, yes, I agree. Absolutely. And how many actually talk about it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the many. foreplay, like, I mean, the foreplay is so important as well. And that could be, you know, cooking in the kitchen together or, you know, helping each other with a, a household chore that needs to get done. Right. Um, I think so many, yeah, wait until, especially like busy moms, they wait till the end of the day, right? Husband's home from work, finally get the kids to bed. They are spent. They've had a whole day of like being, they're touched out. <laughs> and, totally. And, and I think, you know, yeah, yeah, women are, women are putting sex right before bedtime. And that's unfair, right? It's like you're yeah. competing with yeah. sleep and sleep is absolutely what you need after a day like that. So it's like, don't make it compete with sleep. It's sex usually isn't going to win, especially in a long-term relationship, right? Where that novelty yeah. has worn off. That yeah. spontaneous desire has worn off. It's like, don't compete with sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the foreplay thing, I like the saying that like, everything is foreplay and foreplay is everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It could be like brushing your hair back or touching the small of your back or, you know, just like noticing you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Enjoying each other, right? Enjoying yeah. each other. Yeah. Okay. So the science, like the desire and female sexual response, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So traditional sex response is, uh, was linear and it might include desire as something that, again, is an ingredient that has to come before. 
And Rosemary Basson actually kind of drew up this female concept of desire of like desire can actually happen during sex. It might not happen before, and it also might not even be an ingredient. She's having sex for a different reason. And it's never, I always need to clarify, it doesn't mean don't have sex when you, because when you don't want to, it means you just don't need spontaneous desire as the only reason for sexual activity. So many women don't even get started because they think spontaneous desire is the default and it's actually not. Mm -hmm. True. Right. Like you might not want to go to the party, but once you're there, you have a lot of fun. Totally. I mean, the same, I think the same thing is for eating well and exercising too, right? If we just waited around for spontaneous motivation to make a salad and to work out, we wouldn't do it. But there are other reasons that we want to include that in our life. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that completely. Absolutely. Okay. So how has the coaching and the mind work, like, why is that so needed when we, it comes to female sexuality or sexuality in general? I mean, the brain's our biggest... Yeah. Everybody's right. Yeah. Our brains are biggest sex organ. It tells us, you know, it drives the boat basically. And especially for women, if you think the answer lies externally to you, right? You're searching for a pill. You're searching for somebody to give you desire. It's not going to work. And I worry about that with the medications that are out for low desire. They can work great in some people, but if you don't work on your limiting beliefs of touching myself is dirty, it doesn't matter if I have an orgasm or not. I just want to get it over with. If you have all of Mm. those thoughts, you can take a pill for desire and it won't work. And then you'll just feel more broken because you're refractory to the medication, right? Instead of working on those limiting beliefs. Oh, I don't yeah. have time for sex. That's a, that's a limiting belief. There's so many limiting beliefs. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you, especially like moms at the end of the day, that they're like trying to, to enjoy sex and they've got the list, right. Of the unfinished tasks or what has to be done for tomorrow or you know, all these things. They're so in their head. They're not enjoying the pleasure of the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the more we learn about where an orgasm lives, I always say an orgasm lives in the present. You can't get Mm -hmm. to an orgasm by thinking about the future or thinking about the past. And Mm -hmm. we really have to kind of clean up the brain to make it focused on the present. And that's where mindfulness comes in. People who have mindfulness and meditation, they bring it into the bedroom. It's, it's good for sex. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. How can others work with you or find you? Do you do individualized coaching or coaching or I don't do one-on-one coaching I'm a full-time urologist and mom and I'm I'm actually writing a book right now called you are not broken stop shooting all over your sex life so maybe next year I'll do some more group coaching I love it stop shooting all your sex life it's brilliant (laughs) oh it's gonna be so good I'm gonna read it Mm. okay it's sassier than what I was gonna say my book is my book is sassier than the average female sex book I think that's super important. It's just, just prioritizing pelvic arousal before you put something in your in your vagina. And know that the clitoris isn't self-lubricating. The penis isn't self-lubricating. Lubrication's good. It doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong. So if women choose as they're getting older to not use hormones, um, as far as vaginal estrogen goes, a big reason that women as they get older stop being sexually active is because of pain. And so vaginal estrogen really helps keep the tissues healthy. It keeps the blood flow there. And so doing what we need to do to keep our bodies healthy and functioning certainly can go a long way in being sexually active through all decades of life. Yes. Oh, I agree. I think vaginal estrogen is for everyone. Everyone. (laughs) 
I agree. It's preventative medicine in my book. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no harm. It's not systemically absorbed to a degree that it would be harmful to anyone. And the vagina loves estrogen. Yeah. Loves it. So does the bladder. Bladder loves estrogen. Right, right. So I mean, we could go on a whole different rabbit trail in regards to urology, but <laughs> well, I'll refrain today. Oh my gosh. Well, this is such important work to really delve into the intimacy and the sexual pleasure of women and for women to understand that they are not broken. And so I just applaud you and the work that you're doing. And thank you for sharing with my audience. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. The The podcast is You Are Not Broken. You can find that at Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. My website's kellycaspersonmd.com. And then I'm on Instagram at kellycaspersonmd. If I get brave enough to start being on TikTok, maybe someday I will. But right now, Instagram's my place. All right. Yeah. And you show up a lot live and I just love it because you're just talking about all of the things related to desire and lots of good content. Thank you so much for joining us today. Totally. Thanks for having me. All right, Sky community, thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.